So this morning, I kind of laid it out and said, you know what the problem with Chris Ballard is? He's way too cautious a guy to be a general manager for a championship-level team. He just is. He doesn't take the risks necessary, put forth the uh, kind of the chips needed to either corrupt your ability to run a team and send you packing or hang banners. He doesn't do either of those things. Uh, today, I, I got to eat a little bit of crow because I think he made a 100% correct decision on one count. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best in the world. If you can hire the best dentist in the world, why in the world wouldn't you give him a call? 317. I've gone there forever. 317. 317- 849-2933. Almost 30 years I've been a patient of Dr. Mike O'Neill's. I love it there. I'm never going to another dentist. Uh, hit subscribe, punch a like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. And if you have a question, you donate. I see it immediately, and I will interrupt this fine webcast in order to bring it to you uh, with great immediacy. So here's what happened today. We found out that Derek Carr signed an extension with the Raiders, and that extension is three years, $121.5 million. For the three years, this contract carries him through the 2025 season. He's 31 years old right now. Through that season, he's going to make 40, or in 23, 24, 25, he's going to make $40.5 million a year to be the quarterback. That's 20% of the cap. Hard cap. 20% is a big number for a quarterback. It's worth it if you've got a, like, a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Ah, LeBron to Indiana. That's $2 I can spend quickly and easily. No. There will never be a LeBron sighting in Indiana unless it, the team he's playing for is playing against the Pacers. Wouldn't that be something? No, he didn't come into Indiana. God bless. Um, eight seasons, Derek Carr's played. He's 31 years old. Here's who Derek Carr is. All right, a 92.4 career passer rating. Last year, he had a QBR of 52.4. That was good for number 14 in the National Football League, four positions behind Carson Wentz. 23 touchdowns, 14 picks last year. He was sacked 40 times. In 2021, he had a passer rating of 94. That ranked 14th in the NFL, right behind Carson Wentz. Pro Football Focus in 2021 rated him number 13, just ahead of Jalen Hurts and Jacoby Brissett at 14 and 15. His career record in the playoffs is 0-2. As a starter in the regular season, 57-70. He last went to a Pro Bowl in 2017. Sometimes Chris Ballard is just risk-averse for a reason, right? If you laid out for the Raiders what the Raiders wanted to send Derek Carr to Indianapolis, and then you had to pay him, pay him the dollars needed to be able to keep him here beyond this coming season, you'd have screwed over the franchise for the next decade. You, you would have been digging to get yourself out of this hole forever, climbing because of the hole that you dug. 
it would never have ended for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, career comps. These are the guys, the eight guys most like Derek Carr in their careers in Derek Carr's career. The last one's his brother, David. That tells you something. Uh, Jameis Winston, who's never started a playoff game. Marcus Mariota, one in one in playoff games that he's started. Stan hum Humphreys, who surprisingly started six playoff games. He was three and three in those games. Chad Pennington, two and four in playoff games. Colin Kaepernick, four and two in playoff games. And the only guy in this list who ever started in a Super Bowl. Uh, Blake Bortles, who was two and one in playoff games. Carson Wentz started one playoff game, but he was in there for like nine snaps. And then the aforementioned David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, who never played in a playoff game. 12 and 12 overall with no Super Bowl wins among his eight tightest comps. This is who Derek Carr is. And this is why Chris Ballard was a genius not to make the deal to bring Derek Carr to Indianapolis. If you think that the Carson Wentz trade was ruinous for this franchise, giving away a third-round pick and a first-round pick to get a guy that you sent packing immediately, you know what? This would have been catastrophic, bringing Derek Carr here. It's, it's, you got to say no to some deals. For every deal you say yes to, you say no to probably 100, right? So a lot of times you're going to be very cautious. And in this case... Chris Ballard's caution really paid off. Now, do I, I, I really want to see him, Chris Ballard, grow a set and start making deals that are high leverage deals and give the Colts a chance to compete because here's the deal. If you don't do that and you don't have one of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL, you have no chance to win a Super Bowl. Zero. You got to go get guys. you got to have weapons, and you've got to have a quarterback who can get those weapons the ball. Somebody who can feed those receivers. And the Colts do not have receivers other than Michael Pittman Jr. You have got to go get weapons, or you have no chance to win a Super Bowl. None. And that is what it's all about, isn't it? Yes, it is. But great job not doing the deal to get David Carr, or Derek Carr, because that would have been Utterly nightmarish. All right, news out of Purdue today. Go figure. A white foreign seven-footer has committed to the Boilermakers. There must be a law. There must be like a UN resolution somehow that every child born overseas who grows to be over seven feet tall and is Caucasian must pledge to play basketball at Purdue University I think uh, uh, Kofi Annan or Boutrous Boutrous Ghali, one of these guys at some point had some kind of tie to Purdue and, and made it some international law that uh, white seven-footers had to come play for Purdue. When was the last time the Boilermakers didn't have a white seven-footer? You go back to like Isaac Haas and Matt Harms and this past year you had Edie. Now we've got Will Bird, Berg. Coming over from Sweden. How about this? The Indiana Hoosiers and the Butler Bulldogs may be trading statistically very, very similar players between their programs. Now, Simas Lukosius has more time left. 
Rob Finnessy's got one year. He's got that fifth year, the COVID year exemption that he's going to be able to play. And he's down to two schools. It's down to Butler and Cincinnati. For CMOS, he went and visited Bloomington the other day. Here's how similar these two guys are. Lukosius last year averaged 6.8 points per game for Butler. Finnessy averaged 6.5 points per game uh, during his career. And these are career numbers for Finnessy. 2.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Lukosius, 3.3 rebounds, 1.2 assists. Lukosius is 6 foot 6 inches tall. From the three-point line, Finnessy at Indiana. 29%. At the three-point line for Butler in one year, Lukosius, 28.6%. I I think, I don't know what's going on at Indiana, but they keep going out and getting wings who look like they should be able to shoot it. You look at Lukosius and you say, oh, shooter wing. Not so much, not at 28.6% from beyond the arc. Same thing, you know, we've seen this, right? Again and again, you get the guy who looks like a shooter out at the wing. I'm not mentioning any names, but at the end of the day, he's a 36% three-point shooter. That's who he is. What are you going to do? Cubs lost today 6-2 to Pittsburgh. How about this? The Los Angeles Dodgers, these gutless wonders, Dave Roberts, what in the hell are you doing? You've got Clayton Kershaw on the mound today. Through seven innings, he's thrown 80 pitches. He's got a perfect game going. They pull him. One of two things is true. Either the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, is gutless and an idiot, or Clayton Kershaw is gutless. Uh, Here's what Bob Gibson would have done. If Bob Gibson had thrown 80 pitches and had a perfect game going in the seventh, and Red Shane Deans came out to the mound and said, Gibby, or, or in the dugout between innings, Gibby, i got to take the ball. It looks like you're gassed. We don't want to risk an injury. I cannot tell you the torrent of profanities that would have been unleashed by Bob Gibson toward his manager. And if Clayton Kershaw didn't do the same thing with Roberts today, shame on him. In 140, this is the 147th season of Major League Baseball. There have been 23 perfect games thrown ever. This was a chance. He was six outs away from being number 24 and didn't take the ball to go out in the eighth inning. What in the hell is going on in the minds of people? And and people wonder why baseball is in trouble and why there is a disconnect between the public and Major League Baseball. Here, part and parcel, right? Other than all the labor strife and the idiocy of the contracts and Rob Manfred being a jerk, all of that stuff aside, if you got a guy unwilling to fight to take the ball to go out in the eighth inning after he's thrown only 80 pitches, what are we doing? What are we babying these guys for? You know, I mean, my God. I was I was ashamed to have watched this. I was the opponent, opposing manager of a Little League game where they threw a kid over 175 pitches. We kept pitch counts. 175 over that. Like a fifth grader, sixth grader, for God's sake. Here's Clayton Kershaw. I know he's had some injury issues, but what are you doing? 
It's a perfect game. Either let the guy go and Clayton take the damn ball and say, hey, look, Skip, you can try to hold me back, but I'm much more likely to get hurt wrestling you trying to get out to the mound to throw the eighth inning than I am to pitch the eighth inning. So clear the hell out of my way. I'm going to the mound, and I'm going to roll through this until they stop me. What are you doing? All right. Um, Charlotte, Atlanta tonight, 7 o'clock, playing game. Spurs, New Orleans. The Charlotte-Atlanta game, the winner of that game, takes on the Cavaliers on Friday night for the final seed in the uh, NBA Eastern Conference. That's a big deal. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's like 50. What are you out of your mind? All right. Um, here are three guys I can't stand. All right. I don't like to be negative. I like to be hopeful. But I want to, once and for all, correct three behaviors that are, are keeping me from embracing some people. And some are coaches. I got to tell you, the number one thing is a coach speak deal that I just can't take. Uh, number three, the instant replay electronic strike zone advocate. All instant replay does is delay the game. That's what it does. It doesn't make it any more fair. The reason officials exist and have always existed was to keep the game fair. It's about fairness. It's not about exactitude. Don't get it twisted. Fairness and exactitude are completely different things. You want a fair game. You don't need every call to be exactly right. You don't need it. You need it to be fair. Don't allow electronics to destroy the fabric and the pace of the game. All right, this is from Denver Kroger. I know you want to stay away from the transfer portal, but what about a chance on a transfer from St. Peter's? I want no portal guys. I don't even want Lacocious down at Indiana, and I kind of like CMOS uh, Lacocious. I want no transfers. I want Indiana to go out and recruit Indiana kids to play Indiana basketball and win by doing that, because that is how you win at Indiana. Uh, the number two kind of guy that I can't stand, this is specific to broadcasters. Broadcasters who use the word literally, literally, every second sentence. Stop saying literally. I'm telling you, he literally shot the ball 24 times. I'm telling you, he, he literally swung out of his shoes. No, he didn't. And if you use literally correctly, it's assumed. What do I think? You're speaking figuratively? Stop saying literally. There is one guy in central Indiana who says it a lot, and I want him to stop right away. Uh, the other one, the top one, uh, third person, guys. You know, uh, you're talking to Kent Sterling, and when Kent Sterling is, is the coach, blah, 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 you know, it, they hired Kent Sterling to be the coach, so Kent Sterling's going to be the coach. What the hell is the matter with you? First part, the English language allows for first-person references, second-person, and third-person. You don't need to use a third-person reference in order to make people understand you're talking about yourself. Stop it. It's nonsensical, and I want it to stop. <laughs> you're a funny guy. Yeah, literally. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent for the donations. I thank you, as always, 
We'll talk tomorrow and um, go Hornets because I think the Cavs match up a little bit better with the Hornets than they do the Hawks. I do not like Trey Young playing against the Cavs and I want the Cavs to win because the Pacers will get the Cavs first round draft pick if they do. Easy beasy.